Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. We're so glad that you have joined Bridgewater Church Online. So welcome. And uh, I want to start with a simple question. Have you ever said this phrase? I doubt it. Man, those are, those are three simple but powerful words, aren't they? I doubt it. It actually is a phrase that speaks of a reaction to a question or a statement that we think is unlikely or untrue. I doubt it. We've all had our doubts. Every one of us has doubts. I, I, every day we doubt things. In fact, I thought this was interesting. Even inventor Wilbur Wright once said, I confess that in 1901, I said to my brother Orville that man would not fly for 50 years. Two years later, we ourselves made flights. Do you know what the beautiful thing is about doubts? We all have them, so it's something in common, but we all have to work through them. Because no one wants to live their life full of doubt, always unsure about their next steps. Doubts are common. And in the next four weeks, I have the privilege of taking four very significant events in the life of Jesus. And we're going to use those moments to be honest about our own doubts. In fact, actually what we're going to do is discover the answer to, I think, one of the questions we all have had to confront. Is God real? If you've ever asked that question or you're asking that question now, it certainly is something that God would say, that's okay. You don't need to feel condemned by that. You don't need to feel uh, uh, guilty. Neither do you and I need to come to a point where we just blow the question off. We really do need to be able to uh, struggle with our doubts and our faith. That's why I love what David McGee said. Doubt is useful. It keeps faith a living thing. After all, you cannot know the strength of your faith until it has been tested. Isn't that a great piece of wisdom? Perhaps God is testing your faith right now. You have doubts, you're struggling, you've asked, is God real? I want to help you with that this morning, if that's all right. And in this first message in the series on doubt, I want to ask that question, is God real? But I need some help. And I am going to go to my go-to disciple 
And I want to I ask for the help of Peter. He experienced so many highs and lows as he wrestled with his own fears and his doubts. In every circumstance, though, one thing stands out to me is that he was able to move through without abandoning his faith. He literally took every struggle that he had with his doubts, and he began to use those as stepping stones to a greater faith. I think you and I can do the same thing. And I'm going to just actually ask you to turn with me to Luke 9, because this is one of the most powerful moments, I believe, in Peter's life, when he has been struggling with who Jesus really is. And he's been asking the question we all ask, is God real? And in Luke chapter 9, we're going to discover in this incredible moment with Jesus how Peter actually works through his own doubts about God. And maybe this is going to help you this morning too. So let's begin in Luke 9, 18 through 19. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. I've realized in my, in my lifetime, sometimes it's easier to answer a question with a question. So that's what I want to do. I want to break this down. And the very first question that Jesus presents to Peter and the disciples and to all of us is this. What do other people think? This is so interesting to me. If you look at the verses uh, that precede what's about to take place, Jesus has just finished this incredible miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Have you read about that? There were three loaves, there were two fish, and there were, they counted 5,000 men. There were over 5,000, what, 10,000 people? And they even had leftovers. Now that's a good meal. Now, Luke writes that the disciples, and this is mind-blowing to me, can you imagine? They're having a prayer session with Jesus. <laughs> Man, I can't imagine the things we would learn if you were praying with Jesus in the flesh. Must have been incredible. And Jesus breaks the silence. Jesus must have been praying. I don't know, were they all praying together? I, I, I'm trying to picture this. And then Jesus goes, hey guys, who did the crowd say that I am? It was perfect timing. They had been with thousands of people. And think about this, when they went back to pick up the leftovers, we're told that there were 12 baskets full. They had to mingle with everybody. These 12 were, were walking through the crowd listening. Can you imagine all the things people were saying? Wow, that was one of the best meals of fish and bread I've ever had. Where did it all come from? The skeptics were saying, this wasn't a miracle. But the, the thing that must have been so intriguing were the questions and the statements made. Who is this Jesus? So they're back in private and Jesus goes, well, who do the crowds say that I am? Who do people think that, that I am? Well, the disciples say, some think you're John the Baptist. Well, that makes sense. 
John had been an itinerant preacher. In fact, even on, from an earthly perspective, uh, John and Jesus were cousins. They were related. And so that made sense. But then some were saying, you're Elijah. Everybody always thought it was going to be a, a Elijah coming back moment when the Messiah came. And then there was just random thoughts, prophets, the ancient prophets. Was it Samuel? Was it Isaiah? Jeremiah? Who was it? But you know what they were actually doing? They were actually saying the same thing that we say. Jesus, everybody has their doubts about who you really are. No one knows. And we're confused too. Did you know that it's perfectly fine to ask questions? Did you realize in your lifetime that, that you and I will constantly be thinking about our relationship with God? Whether you believe God is real or not, you're going to think about God. It's going to come through a friend. It's going to come in a moment of crisis when you need help that no one can give you and you need a higher power? You see, we all need to understand. And here's something I think that's incredible about Jesus. Jesus wasn't asking like humans ask. Like, who do they say that I am? It wasn't, what are people saying about me? And do they think I'm special? No, no, no. Jesus, now, now hang on to this. Jesus didn't really care about what other people were saying. Jesus was starting to peel the layers back for the disciples. He wanted to get to the very core of things. Years and years ago, I had the opportunity to share the story of Jesus with a woman named Grace. And Grace and I were talking about what it means to have faith. And I said, have you ever put your faith in Jesus as your Savior? I'll never forget her response. She said, quote, I've always been a Christian. My, my family's always been a Christian. And I realized something. If you were asking her, what do other people think about God? Her answer was tied to what everybody had told her all her life. But she didn't have her own answer for who God is. Is. Now, now stop. I need you to just grab this, okay? Hey, folks, listen out there. All of you who grew up in Christian homes, I want you to know it's okay. In fact, God wants you to figure out who God is for yourself. Please hear that. He doesn't want you just to have a personal relationship with him because that's what your mom and dad did. Now, praise God for you mom and dads who are laying a biblical foundation for your children, especially in a woke society that we live in, praise God for that because there is absolute truth in Christ. But don't ever feel guilty for asking the question for yourself, who is God? Because God's big enough to handle it. He's not afraid of the question. And we need to ask for ourselves and do the search. I literally helped Grace with that. I looked at Grace and I said, Grace, let's just talk about what you believe. 
And you know what she said to me? She goes, Pastor, nobody's ever asked me, what do I believe? I said, well, I want to know. Do you think there is a God? Oh, she said to me, Pastor, I believe there is a God. I said, do you believe that Jesus came to this earth and was real? Yes, Pastor, I believe that. Then I said, have you ever invited Jesus into your life as Savior and Lord? She goes, Pastor, I've never done that. And I said, do you want to do that now? And she said, yes. See, here's the thing that I want you to do this morning. Get down past that, that layer. Get down past that layer of what your parents have said, what your friends say. And dear Lord, do not get your faith from a podcast. You can listen to them. You can dig in. But don't forget searching God's word, talking with people that have a faith and have wrestled with these questions. Why? Because what do other people think is only the beginning? Let's look at what happened next. Luke 9, 20. Jesus' next question. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Here's the next question. Very simple. Jesus says, what do you think? Okay, we've talked about the crowds, but what do you think? Where are you struggling with your doubts about me? The disciples had grown up in a religious culture that said the Messiah was coming. And this is something that I think a lot of times we forget. Maybe you've never heard this, but Jesus wasn't the only one walking through the streets of Jerusalem saying he was the Messiah. There were other people that wanted to claim the title as well throughout the region. But what people were looking for was world dominance. The Jews wanted a king that would overtake the Romans and reestablish them as God's people. But Jesus wasn't taking a survey. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that this wasn't a survey monkey or a mailer that came? Jesus goes, listen, I really only care right this moment about you guys. You've been walking with me. We've been doing ministry together. What do you think? In fact, Jesus had been indicating on so many levels that he would die for them, die on the cross. But he's like, have you ever asked this question to someone? Do you get it yet? Do, do you get it? See, it's okay to have doubts. It's all right to wrestle with your faith. But the question really is, what do we think? Where are we headed? It can be difficult to, to define the difference between real and fake. I was thinking about this, uh, Coke. I, I love Coke. I love to drink a Coke. I don't have them often anymore. Coke was founded in 1886. Twelve years later, Pepsi was founded. And in 1975, many of you weren't alive then, but in 1975, they did a thing called the Coke Challenge. And, or the Pepsi Challenge. See, I even got it wrong. It was the Pepsi Challenge. And it was a... Uh, a deciding moment for people when Pepsi asked in a blind taste test, which do you prefer, Pepsi or Coke? And 
And actually, this happened. I was just a young guy, but I was in the mall. I was in a mall when it happened. There was a table. It was the Pepsi challenge. I could taste a Coke or a Pepsi. I thought, well, it's free. This is great. And so I went, and I was blindfolded, and I tasted them both, and I was very different than the average American. I chose Coke, but overwhelmingly people chose Pepsi. Well, you know what Pepsi said. Coke isn't the real thing. Now, I have a question for you. Is Jesus the real thing to you? In fact, Peter was the one that answered. That's why I love this. He'd been wrestling. He'd been thinking it through, but his mind was open to God. He was watching Jesus. He was experiencing things. And then God gives Peter this incredible revelation that says, you are the Messiah. Literally, Peter said, you're the anointed one of God. Or some versions say, the Christ or the Messiah. It's all the same. Jesus, you are the Christ, the anointed Messiah of God. And Jesus was so elated and so delighted, just the way he is now. When somebody realizes that God is real and that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus, it says that the angels party in heaven when someone comes to know Christ. And that's why Jesus, and we find this in a parallel uh, a story of what happened in Matthew 16, 17 and 18. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Listen. Listen, Jesus cares. He loves it. He wants you to ask the questions. He wants you to dive deep. He wants you to ask, is God real? Because he cares about what you think. Now, I have to touch on this. There's, a, there's an old term that's been resurrected called deconstruction. It's been around for a long time. The word can mean different things depending on the context. But for some Christians... The word is a postmodern label that's been adopted to explain the navigation of a faith crisis. And it's not a negative word. I want you to hear that. Deconstruction simply means that we're breaking down what we believe. And I, I, I want you to get, grab this. I think we all do that. I think every time that we're tested in our faith, we're, we're deconstructing some part of what we believe with the hope that God wants it to become stronger. He wants it to become deeper. He doesn't want us to, to be waylaid or distracted by things of this world that aren't real, or especially the things that are said about God that aren't true. What's really heartbreaking to God is when somebody is deconstructing their faith to the point that it is destructive and their faith is gone. And somebody says, well, all these things I've been taught aren't real. God wants you to ask the questions. But again, can I challenge you? Don't start believing that God isn't real because other people tell you something. Search for yourself. Dig deep in the scripture. Don't just neglect the Bible for, for a podcast 
or some book that's popular. No, 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 no. In some way, every person will go through a deconstruction of their faith in God. But ask the question, what do you think about Jesus? What do you think? What is authentic truth for you? And then, and then, listen, when you begin to realize that God is real and God has been leading you and guiding you and, and streamlining you along your path by the people you know, the experiences you have, the daily miracles that are a part of your life, then why not take the plunge and believe that God is real for yourself? That's what Peter did. He said, you're the Messiah. And then God was able to show him what his purpose would be. Which leads to this last part. Let's go back to Luke 9. In verse 21 through 22, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Here's our third question. Okay, so what do we do now? Jesus blew them away. In fact, this is called by theologians the passion prediction. Can, can you put yourself in that prayer room with Jesus after this short but powerful discussion on doubt? What do other people think? Who do they think I am? Who do you think I am? And now, what do we do? Peter's made a declaration. Peter has made a declaration. You're the Messiah. I think the other 11 were still wrestling with that. Peter knew for himself. He wasn't speaking for everyone, but Peter knew it. But then Jesus, to bring them along, trust them with this revelation and said, just so you keep hearing it, here is the passion prediction with clarity. The Son of Man, which he has been referring to himself so often. He must suffer, be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and he must be killed. And on the third day, he would be raised to life. Now, if we were to fast forward to the end of Luke, we would realize that they still didn't understand it all. Let's just pause, okay? Can we hit the pause button? The, the more confident you are that God is real, and the more that you place your trust in God, it doesn't mean that you still won't have questions and that things at times won't make any sense. It certainly doesn't mean that you won't stumble. Peter certainly did. In the, the, think about the difference between this confident revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, but then he denied Christ three times. Doubt's a powerful thing, but Jesus can handle it. And the question is, what do we do now? Jesus said, don't tell everybody this because you're not ready. The time isn't right. He wasn't saying, keep it all a secret. He was just saying, the time isn't right. Timing is important when we walk through our doubts. In fact, sometimes I think too often we go talk to too many people 
about our doubts and fears instead of going to talk to God about them. I'm okay with you grabbing a couple of folks to help you work through it, but why would you keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking? Are, what, are, what are you really looking for? Because in the end, doubt is only overcome by faith. You have to put your faith in God. Just like, aren't there some great people in your life you put your faith in? I know I've got some awesome people in my life that I've chosen to trust. Are they perfect? Well, almost. But my friends, my family, the people that I love so much, none of us are perfect. But you know what? There comes a moment where you stop doubting everything and you say, what do we do now? And you put your faith in God. I think the disciples must have been shocked when they heard this. In fact, maybe Peter was like, we just did this revelation on the Messiah. Now you're going to tell us about the Son of Man suffering and dying? We have more questions now. It's okay. You're going to get a solid foundation where you are. And then you're going to go to the next level. And you're going to go to the next level. So if we were to answer the question, what do we do now? Now is the time to trust him. Now is the time to trust him. Put your faith in God. And how do you do that? Look for the things around you. Look at what God is doing. There is no way that our lives could be orchestrated, moving us toward God unless he is real. There's a story that has always moved my heart and my mind from World War II. After the war ended, then it was time to pick up all the pieces. And there was uh, an American in a European city still stationed there after the war. And he drove up to a, a bakery. And the smell was amazing. Donuts and pastries and uh, bread. Wow, it makes me hungry just thinking about it. But when he jumped out of the Jeep, there was a little boy who had his face plastered against the window. And uh, the GI jumped out and, and talked to the little boy and said, hey, what are you doing? And, and he said, oh, he said, I'm just looking. I'm just looking in the window. And he said, well, where are your parents? He goes, my parents were killed. I don't, I don't have any parents. He was probably about nine or 10. And then the, the soldier said, are you hungry? Oh, he said, I am so hungry. Look at that donut. All of a sudden, he disappeared. The soldier went in and came back with two big bags of bread and pastries and donuts and gave them to the little boy. And as he was jumping into the Jeep, the little boy looked at him and he said, Mr., are you God? You know why I love that story? Our journey to God has to begin somewhere. It, it doesn't matter where it begins, but God is constantly moving us toward faith in him. 
Jesus spoke to his disciples. They were praying together. What do the crowds think? What do you think? And what are you going to do now? He's asking you the same thing. Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready to climb higher? Are you ready to put your faith and your trust in God? I'm going to pray for us. And if you need to go deeper with God, you've got doubts, just admit them. It's fine. God can handle it. But let's ask him for help. Let's pray. Come on, put your hands out. Father God, we just thank you so much for your love and your grace. We know that you're an amazing God doing amazing things. Jesus, we all have questions. And some of my friends online today have a lot of questions about who you are. But God, I pray right now that we would start exactly where we are and move in your direction. Help us to be sensitive to what you're telling us, God. And may we put all of our trust in you. That's what it's about. We're all going to have doubts, struggle with fears. We're going to walk through valleys of pain. But God, we need you and we need your help. So God, take those doubts and those fears, the struggles, and help us to turn them into joy as we put our faith in you. Because God, you are real. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you do me a favor? Will you reach out online? If you have questions about God, we've got somebody online that can help you with that. Just ask the question, well, what do you believe about God? Or if you've been struggling, reach out because we've got a phenomenal pastor that can help you. If you prayed a prayer of faith today and put your trust in the Lord like Grace did long ago, then tell us that too. We love you so much and I can't wait until we're together again. So, Without a doubt, we will see each other. Until then, take heart and be transformed. I love you. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.